The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC is brought to you by the Mine Workers Investment Company, your active equity partner. There are countless ways to stay connected in today's digital world. Emails, video calls, voice notes, a myriad of social media platforms and more apps surfacing in quick succession. However, as essential as it is to stay connected online, getting the connection comes at a cost. Data, Wi-Fi routers, fiber, you name it, there's a price to pay for it. And it's more often the case where the higher the price, the better, faster and more stable the connection. But what about communities who can't afford regular data bundles, let alone Wi-Fi? How do they stay connected and thrive in a world of tech innovation, AI, online banking, virtual reality, digital academies and more? Will they get left behind as the affluent zoom toward the future? Coming to the rescue is Too Much Wi-Fi, a local startup bringing super-fast Wi-Fi to underserved low-income communities at a cost they can afford. I'm Bongani Bingwa, and on this episode of The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC, I'm joined by Too Much Wi-Fi's CEO, Torik Brown, and MIC Impact Investment Manager, Tato Nsiere. We're going to dive into how these low-cost deals are even possible, the necessity of a good internet connection for all, and the true impact of collaboration between investors and investees. So, let's begin connecting the dots. Torek, what is too much Wi-Fi? I would say it's a movement more than a company, and certainly the reason why I chose this elected to move back for this company and opportunity was that it was the there was a true blend of commercial focus or viability, but also impact uh, and for good. I often think of connectivity as almost the new electricity. It's one of those things without which you're simply not connected mm-hmm. to the way the world works. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I would say it's the sixth element to those Maslow's basic pyramid of needs, right? Now we see that people would optimize towards being connected versus their food preferences sometimes. So it's definitely a requirement for daily life. And even beyond that, it's it's part of our fabric now. Yet there's only 25% we've looked at from a sub-Saharan Africa point of view that really have reliable connectivity. Our ambition is to address that. What does it mean for communities that are marginalized that have largely been excluded to be connected to the internet? When I was doing my research during the CEO search, uh, I just joined uh, in January. That to me was one of the key factors that really put it ahead of the other uh, opportunities at hand. When I saw when somebody that has not been connected consistently, reliably, and that does not cost one-fifth of the disposable income when you can provide connectivity at an affordable price. And I saw what people were saying. I went to sit with Auntie Fahima in Manenberg in those flats and heard her story. To answer your question verbally is one thing. Yes, it changes their lives. Uh, you know, the kids can study now. Uh, 
they can be connected, you know, uh, people can be entrepreneurs and businesses can be connected, but looking into these people's eyes was really what, uh, what, uh, what convinced me. You're not the founder of too much Wi-Fi. We've spoken to many businesses where the founders are telling the story. But in a sense, as somebody who was recruited to come and run this business, what was it about the concept that Jonathan Endersby and Ian Thompson had that said, I'm going to bet on that? Well, it was, I think, a blend of many factors. So personally, I look purely at the opportunity. Um, you know, in our case, the opportunity costs were high. I was moving me and my family from Canada back to South Africa. So it wasn't just moving from Johannesburg to Cape Town, for example. So personally, I needed to make sense not only for, for a number of reasons. First of all was the blend of commercial viability with complementary social impact. On top of that, I thought the business was in a perfect place for a person like myself. The foundation had been laid. It was seventh going to its eighth year of, of operation. And I could see very clearly the value that I could add. On top of that, of course, this is where I was born and bred. We went through some life-changing experiences during COVID. We were stuck in a military coup. My wife gave birth in a place there where nobody spoke English. We were stuck there for three months and then we got evacuated. And so this opportunity represented a chance for me to really build towards or contribute something to our people, my people, my family, my daughter, somewhat of a little legacy, I'd like to say. Because you know the people, you know them by their names, the people who have yearned for connectivity, but for whom the price was just too much. That's right. And these are my own family. My dad is from Manenberg. My mom's from Steenburg. I grew up on the Cape Flats. I hear and see what they said. I actually discussed this with the previous ambassador to Thailand, the late ambassador Deutsch. And my idea was to provide free internet, free Wi-Fi. And so I was already thinking about this space before because I saw what data costs were and accessibility and how the, how the development of my cousins living in the urban areas versus, uh, you know, the uh, lower LSM or lower income areas was just vastly different. So how is too much Wi-Fi a game changer? First of all is that this company was started from Jonathan's domestic having connectivity issues and what we saw was that she was paying 10 times more than what he was living in you know the the C cbd or built up area and her daughter could not get online to study uh, she was having trouble due, during her university days connecting and so when you start from that base and secondly your investors are impact investors. In other words, they support the first of social impact and then financial gain. It allows us to focus truly on the consumer. What does that mean? It means that we are now the cheapest by far when it comes to getting online. There's no clawbacks, there's no hidden fees, all those commercial elements. It comes down from how the company was started. Secondly, we commit 30% of our revenue to each community that we go into. We say that up front and we work with the communities. So we'll go in, we'll work with local influencers or elders of that community, work with them to establish entry into that community. It's not a blanket approach. So it's a real key, but we financially, we commit up front. We employ people from those communities. 
So we have 85% of our company employed internally is from those communities. We're 75% youth, we're 67% black, we're 40 plus percent female. And then lastly, we are driven by the people that we serve. They dictate how we set up the company. Explain how the business actually operates. I know you're in about 35 communities now. When you go in there, you establish a network, you put in the infrastructure, and then everybody just buys in. How does it work? So we are in 42 communities today. So we typically identify a community based on inbound demand. We hardly spend anything on marketing today. And a lot of our growth has been largely organic and it speaks to how we, we've set up our, uh, our engagement in the communities that we're going to. So one we, community tells another and they invite you? Number one, but number two also, we get a lot of inbound demand on our website. So people signing up, they see the price, they're interested. They see there's no contracts, it's month to month. It pay as you go. We have products where if you cannot afford monthly, you can pay on a day date until you can afford we have to do no background checks. We don't discriminate on nationality. All those things custom built for the communities that we serve. So when we go in, we will approach the elders of that community. Before we do anything, we'll say, look, there's people from our community that wants us to provide them with connectivity, to have your blessing in a sense, to enter this community. Obviously, certain communities are more complex than others. We know, uh, especially in the Western Cape or Cape Town, that there are some security concerns and obviously our people needs to be trained in a way. That's what we do internally, but externally, of course, we manage those with uh, with what we call the community forum. So we'll then set up a team that it would effectively make sure that not only are we operationally supported and there's no hindrances there, but also, as I mentioned, we've got it at 30% revenue that we need to deploy. So is it into a soup kitchen? Is it into, for example, Langa for men, sports teams uh, with some sort of a mission attached? Is it the youth cleaning up their own streets that get them free data and so forth and so on? So we make sure that that investment works. And so there's a vested interest that these community elders are involved in, in the success of their own community. Prove to me that you are the cheapest on the market. What do your packages range from? <laughs> sure. It starts at two ninety five a month, unlimited, unthrottled, and then goes up from there. Uh, so that's for the entry-level package. And then we've got two others. That's on, let's say, the, the fixed line or uncapped. And then we have hotspot, which is five rand a day. Five rand, unlimited, 24-hour access. So hotspot would be in a community hall, for example, or some kind of public facility? It would be where there's a higher concentration of people. So yes, in a sense. So we also have mobile hotspots. You'll, you'll find that we have uh, our, our activation teams that will take part in, for example, the building of toilets in the Western Cape. We're part of a, the organization that does that. And then we'll take our hotspots with wherever they creating awareness about the safety around these, these drop toilets and then building of, of the new ones. But largely, our established hotspots are at uh, spaza shops or high-density traffic areas, taxi ranks and so forth. So that's where you'd find them. But then also, for example, in our earlier communities like uh, Izamietu uh, in Hout Bay, we have a proliferation of hotspots where it, it covers the whole community that you can walk from the bottom on the main street where the, where the circle is right to the top and you would be covered 42 sites, how soon do you become ubiquitous? 
<laughs> uh, if I had my way tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, we are expanding. We're now expanding the Western Cape and provincially too. Tell me about your journey with MIC. Well, I, as you know, I started uh, in January. One of the first things I needed to do was obviously um, seek their support in taking this national and international. And they were nothing short of supportive. They guided me through the process uh, as well. But yeah, uh, you know, a, a significant shell in the company that's backed our vision uh, even before I was here uh, and really laid the foundation for me to come in. The team uh, has exceptional above and beyond just being a shareholder, but the, the support has been fantastic. I and mean, Tata's even invited me personally to bring my kid out uh, last week when we were here. Um, so th- this type of relationship, whether it was on the cap table or shield or not, is is the type of support as an entrepreneur that you really cherish. And Tatu, let's bring you into the conversation. What was it about too much Wi-Fi that ticked the boxes? A really important thing for us was when we were looking at the impact side of things, was trying to find ideas and solutions that are catalytic in nature, right? So it's really at the foundation and it enables a lot of other things to happen. And speaking to the fourth industrial revolution and, and just how technology features in all of our lives, that's become more topical. We realized that, you know, if we want the country to grow equitably, if we want everybody to be able to participate in the growth of the country, that, you know, internet connectivity is something that's quite critical. All of us are engaging on our phones, WhatsApp, you name it, you name an app, Uber Eats, delivery If you want to enable all of that, then internet connectivity is critical. That was a key thing that ticked the box for us. The next thing was the focus on upskilling local community members, that the financial gain and the income and the salaries circulate within the specific community. And that was really critical for us, that they went out upfront to communicate that this is how much revenue we want to ensure circulates and stays in the community. We think if you're looking at the holistic impact of this particular solution around localized um, employment is that in the long term, if we get people in the communities working, then there's other issues around security, potentially drug abuse, all of those things around loitering in the communities that you address. So we love the idea of those two elements working together. And of course, the potential in terms of scalability speaks for itself. And that's where the commercial value lies. Agreed. Um, the scalability, I mean, the, all the work that we did, the analysis that we did there was that the question around scalability is not even a debate for us when it comes to this business. Because if you have a model where you have the people in the community who are protecting and looking after the solution because they see its value from day one, again, from day one, you've incorporated them into the implementation Right, They have a say in terms of, oh, okay, you're also coming, not only do you want to connect, but you're also looking at supporting some of our social initiatives, which uplift the community at large. Those types of ideas and concepts, we believe, sell themselves. And with the number of youth in all these different communities, we believe that the ability to upskill and train and get the installations in these communities quick and fast is something that uh, Too Much Wi-Fi is capable of doing. How much does it matter to you that this is a business that is targeting a segment of the market that is often overlooked, if not outright ignored? That was actually part of the key business case for investing in too much Wi-Fi and that their specific focus are those communities. Uh, That is their core market, their core focus. 
uh, because our view is that, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of the big businesses that uh, a lot of us invest in, those are operating outside of where the biggest portion of the market is, right? So if we can find solutions that help in those markets and address the needs in those markets, because if people there have the same needs as anyone in the suburbs, right? They want the connectivity, they need it to access education, they need to access all types of resources. We structure something there, then we believe that not only can we make the return, but the social impact is there. It also sounds like one of those business ideas that as soon as you hear it, you think, ah, of course, how concerned are you that there are other competitors with a similar idea who are just as aggressive in expanding? Look, I think the idea of, you know, the competition element is one that we are alive to. I think this is a hotly contested sector. This is one of the solutions to address. I mean, the big boys are, in essence, also providing data services into these communities. So the idea of competing with them is not necessarily something that concerns us because we do believe that our solution is superior. But I think in the end, if you think about what our ultimate drive is, and that is to get connectivity in the communities, right? If we as well are able to prove that we can deliver and others are delivering in the other communities, then ultimately the end goal of what we're trying to achieve from a catalytic nature for these communities is achieved. Even though we'd much rather we be the ones who do it, but because we're applying our impact lens to this, it's still not at all a, a bad thing. Still to come on The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC. 20 million South Africans, 236 million Sub-Saharan Africans. That's our target. That's where we're going. Certainly in the next two years is South Africa and thereafter is international. The Mine Workers Investment Company is a black-owned investment holding company creating lasting social impact. Since 1995, MIC has invested in diverse sectors creating a sustainable dividend flow to its beneficiary base and expanded access to education and financial inclusion through impact investing. Too Much Wi-Fi is just one great example of how MIC is building a more equitable and sustainable world. Visit www.mic.co.za to learn more. Tariq, tell me about your future expansion plans. We know the middle and higher segment of the market probably going to reach saturation point. This is the next big battlefield. How are you going to make sure that you take what you may feel is your due? By moving faster, more swiftly and remaining nimble. That's always been, you know, how David took out Goliath in a sense. And uh, we're really expanding. Uh, we're on a pretty aggressive uh, expansion and hiring drive now. We look to triple the team by December this year. Uh, and again, with uh, the support and push from MIC, we will make sure that that happens sooner than later. How much has the injection by MIC made a difference to too much Wi-Fi? Oh, tremendously. You know, they are significant shareholder, which means they invested a, a significant amount of, of capital in our vision and our dream. And uh, I think the, this year we've certainly proved that we have the ability to achieve what we set out to do. And so uh, without that, it would be impossible. I wouldn't be sitting here without MIC probably. That's how significant it is. And of course, as MIC, Tato, you don't just sign checks and walk away. Part of your whole process has been almost to incubate the businesses you invest in and you throw in other resources. What have you done for too much Wi-Fi other than the rands and cents? 
we are really quite active when it comes to engaging the management team, engaging the staff. So we're, we're quite active there. We've also provided forums uh, internally within our stakeholder group where we actively communicate to them about the fact that the solution exists. I mean, because one of our core stakeholder groups is the National Union of Mine Workers, we're starting to develop channels to be able to communicate to them because even the mine workers require access to affordable internet for themselves, for their children, for their families. So those are the, the channels that we're starting to open up to also help facilitate the scale that the, this business requires. We've got a couple of um, you know marketing avenues that we that that we try to to bring on board, but also I'd say a key one is we're seeing the interlink between a lot of the investee companies that we have in our core portfolio. So we are connecting the dots in terms of how too much Wi-Fi can work alongside some of the businesses that you've engaged in this forum. There's areas where they've already started talks around. Okay, guys, how do we as the as the earlier stage businesses work together to make each other more sustainable. And that's how we've, uh, we're seeing this ecosystem play together. In terms of the opportunities that lie ahead, I mean, connectivity is one of the buzzwords of the moment. How big is your future? 20 million South Africans, 236 million Sub-Saharan Africans. That's our target. That's where we're going. Certainly in the next two years is South Africa. And thereafter is international. That's what I said in my CEO interview, and I guess they hired me. So <laughs> uh, hopefully, it's, it's they've certainly bought into it. But the opportunity is there, and uh, I don't think anybody has doubts about the opportunity at hand. And certainly, would the more people in the space, the better. It can only help us. How much of factors that are beyond your control a concern? I'm thinking now about energy and power supply challenges in this country, but also on the continent. Yeah, that's a very good point. One can view that topic from that, that angle. For us, what has been great is actually that it's become somewhat of a, a, actually has become a competitive advantage. Our high sites, which we own and operate, um, have a 99% uptime performance metric. And so it's actually opened up an additional opportunity and sales channels where we've actually given away some free UPSs to some of the high traffic um, nodes or connectivity hubs. Um, and we will, with the same model again, we'll now be able to uh, introduce a new revenue line, which is UPSs again at a price point that is uh, our people would never be able to afford before. So while there are challenges, certainly it also presents an opportunity for us and, of course, to pe keep our consumers connected regardless of the external challenges. And Tato, where do you see the future for this business and what do they need to be mindful of? Sure, yeah, we see the future of this business really as being a business that will drive connectivity not only for South Africa but across the continent. Uh, we've had active engagements with the founder in um, he's done quite a bit of uh, traveling across the continent and expressed that opportunity. So we believe that after we really bid down the opportunity and expand throughout um, South Africa, that the need uh, you know, far surpasses here. And I think when we think of that big vision around expanding, that's all we've ever wanted. That's what we want around you know, investing earlier to say, look, we see this opportunity. We see the solution. There's a big idea here. 
and think we can get behind this big idea because of the fact that it can deliver so much social good in the communities. And I think if anything really around too much Wi-Fi, that's 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 probably one of the bigger things that led it to us because we could look at any uh, you know internet service provider. But when you look at the ethos and you think of the ethos, I mean, our first engagement with Too Much Wi-Fi was probably around four years ago. And essentially over that time, you get a good sense of what the lifeblood, the core value system of the business is. So once we were very clear that, look, we're aligned here, that this isn't just about, you know, making profits and making money, but it's around grassroots level impact, that this is something that we can get behind. Torque, an affordable connectivity portal within walking distance of every African in the next few years, where do I sign up? <laughs> well, first of all, you'd probably have to move to one of the communities that we serve. Uh, as Tatu said, I think my passion, my focus, certainly servicing those people first. But you're welcome to sign up. Uh, so obviously our website, tomatrifi.coza, our social medias, uh, our WhatsApp, you can sign up directly through WhatsApp now or come see us. We're active in the communities every day on the weekends to um, come see us. You're not the founder of Too Much Wi-Fi. What does it mean personally to have staked all you have on this venture? Well, that decision-making process is based on well over a decade abroad, which has uh, taken me through working in places uh, from Nigeria to Southeast Asia, all those experiences as exciting and commercially viable as it was did not have the opportunity really to create something larger than myself. And out of all the opportunities we had before we took this one, whether it was an opportunity in Frankfurt and Dubai and Manila and Bangkok, this one had that element. And so it brought me, my family, and my career from Canada to Cape Town. We've spoken at length about how this propels South Africa forward, if you will, in terms of its social impact. But as a venture capitalist, let's talk now the raw profit potential of this business. As most people would know, telecoms in general has a, a healthy cross margin. Our pricing is the most affordable in the market at the face value, so 295 But also, if you look at the fine print, We've noticed that some of the bigger players, MNOs, are interestingly trying to match our pricing, but then have these clawbacks of two, three thousand rand and so forth. So whilst we offer the pricing we do, because the technology that we use is built in-house and uh, modern, uh, we require our, our cost to go to market is much lower. Plus we somewhat vertically integrate, so we own and operate our own towers. And so that brings the cost down. So our payback period is a matter of months, which in this industry on international level, and in addition to MIC, we've got American and, and other international investors on a global level. This return on investment is, is incredible. If we just think about the theme of this podcast around the entrepreneur's journey, is that the role of an entrepreneur is, if, is essentially to find the problems in society and come up with the solutions and implement those solutions. And if we think about the, the core target communities and the target market of the solution, that's the lion's share of the country, right? So from a commercial perspective, if you got something that's proven can be run profitably in the 40 odd communities that we're in now, and there's many more, multitude more communities that look 
very similar, if not the same as the communities we're currently in. From a commercial perspective, it just makes financial sense. Financial sense while making an impact on a community that needs it. That's a shared quality that all of MIC Kulisani investees have, and it's great to learn from the brilliant minds steering these business solutions to greater heights. A big thanks to Too Much Wi-Fi CEO Torik Brown and MIC Impact Investment Manager Ntaton Sierra for joining me, Bongani Bingwa, on this episode of The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC. Whether you're a startup looking to impress investors or you're looking to invest early in a potential unicorn but aren't sure what qualities to look for, there are countless gems of knowledge throughout The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC Podcast. The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC was brought to you by the Mindworkers Investment Company, your active equity partner. Catch new episodes on 702.co.za or your favorite podcast app.